Today, we're talking about brain injury awareness with Susan H. Connors, the president and CEO of the Brain Injury Association of America. Welcome to Hope Survives Podcast. I'm your host, Christabel Braden, a traumatic brain injury survivor and advocate, singer-songwriter, speaker, and creator of Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is all about hope, support, and education as we explore the realities of life with brain injury, with messages of encouragement, interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. So glad that you found us today. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. I am here today with Susan Connors, who is the president and CEO of the Brain Injury Association of America. Thank you so much for coming on Hope Survives podcast today. Christabel, I am so happy to be here. I am one of your fans, so this is really a, a great joy for me. Oh, thank you so much. I have loved getting to meet you throughout different events at the Awareness Day on Capitol Hill, and then last year at the Council on Brain Injury, when you were presented with your award there for at Kobe, and um, we were both there, and it was really great to see you again there. Well, you were presented with an award also, so <laughs> yeah, it, I wasn't going to say that, but <laughs> it was a double day of joy for both. So. Yeah, it was really great. And um, so I am, was thrilled when you agreed to come on the podcast today for Brain Injury Awareness Month. And so to start off, can you just share like the mission of the Brain Injury Association of America? What is it that you do? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, our mission is to advance awareness, research, treatment and education so that we can improve the quality of life for all people affected by brain injury. So that includes the person who's been injured, family members, clinicians, researchers, professionals, everybody in the community. We want to elevate the quality of life for everyone. And in terms of what do we do, we have four main programs. The first one is the National Brain Injury Information Center. That's our 800 number. We operate that in collaboration with affiliates nationwide. The number is 1-800-444-6443. So what does that do if, if somebody were to call that well, number? What would happen? You're going to reach, you're going to reach a, uh, somebody, a specialist um, who, who takes calls, and they are going to help you find the information and resources that you need, whether you are a person who's been injured or a family member. They're going to try to help direct you to, you know, if you need rehab, if you need counseling, if you need a support group, if you need some sort of community-based services, it's a National Brain Injury Information Center. So it's an information and resource center. We don't really provide counseling, but we do su provide supportive listening. So we will try to hear what you are telling us and then try to figure out how best to help you. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a great program. And Brain Injury Association of America and the state brain injury organizations have been running a version of NBIC. That's the ac acronym for it, or the uh, helpline in some cases they call it, uh, since we were formed in 1980. So it's been around 40 years. 
second, yeah, a second program we run is is called ACTIS. That stands for the Academy of Certified Brain Injury Specialists. ACTIS is a voluntary training and credentialing program for brain injury professionals. It helps them prove the commitment they have made to our community. Um, we always encourage people to look for clinicians who have the CDIS uh, initials after their name. Another big thing that uh, the Brain Injury Association does is advocacy. Sometimes it's advocacy for TBI or brain injury specific initiatives like the TBI Act, but sometimes it's for more general health and disability activities like the Affordable Care Act or uh, preserving Social Security or Social Security Disability, one of those kinds of programs. So we're very actively engaged. Our, you know, our office is based outside Washington, D.C., so we're on Capitol Hill a lot, although not because of COVID these days, <laughs> but actively, actively lobbying on behalf of people with brain injury and their families. And then the last thing we have is a um, research fund. It's kind of a long story, but basically we think that brain injury is a misdiagnosed, misunderstood, underfunded neurological disease. And we think that there are lots of cures out there for the chronic conditions that turn into disease, disease processes. And, and we are providing small grants to help researchers try to find those cures, or at least start them on their way toward finding those cures. And then, of course, everything, you know, everything that we do includes awareness activities, education activities, uh, collaborations with our affiliates, collaborations with other organizations like Kobe and then, you know, various partners around the country. So um, that's what we do in a nutshell. It's amazing. And I know you could probably spend hours talking about each one of those things. <laughs> Yeah, I could. I'm really, you know, I think the Brain Injury Association really provides um, this really good work and provides really important information and resources and supports and education, advocacy for uh, for individuals with brain injury and their families. We couldn't do it, of course, without state affiliates. So can you explain the relationship between the Brain Injury Association of America and then the statewide associations? Yeah, so um, each each statewide organization is separately incorporated. It has its own board of directors. It operates independently of the Brain Injury Association of America. But we, and, and, and so BIA has its own board of directors, its own funding systems, its own, you know, staff, et cetera. And what we do is we enter what's known as an affiliation agreement. And the agreement specifies, here's what the BIA of America is going to be responsible for doing. And here's what the state brain injury organization is going to be responsible for doing. And in several cases, we cross paths. So, for example, we collaborate on the, on the National Brain Injury Information Center. BIA of America uh, provides the 800 number. We pay for the long distance. We provide the technology and the toll, you know, toll fees and toll switching and all of that. And the people in the state level answer the phones. And we also answer the phones at the national level. The people at the state level answer the phones. And that's because we think that to the extent that you can get local information, that's most valuable to you. So when you call up, you say, here's the state that I want to know information about. And that's the where you get routed to. 
And if we don't have uh, if we don't have a BIA in your state, then Greg Ayot, our director of consumer services, he takes the call and tries to help navigate. You know, if it's Oklahoma or a place where we don't have a, a brain injury association, as an example. That's amazing. Thank you for explaining that. Because I know maybe for some of our listeners, they might have heard of the Brain Energy Association or have seen about one in their state, but it helps to know that it is different than what you see in the state. And even if your state doesn't have one, you can still call the Brain Energy Association of America. That's right. That's that's right. We're all, you know, um, there are some states where there's a state organization, but it's not affiliated with BIA. We still collaborate with those folks as well because we all have the same mission. We're all really, no matter how, you know, how we've described it in our in our formal papers, we're really all trying to create a better future for people with brain injury. I mean, that's, you know, and that's what people with brain injury are trying to do and family members, <laughs> professional. I mean, every, a whole community is trying to, you know, improve the quality of life for everybody. So we collaborate with them, too. You know, we just as we work with like the Alzheimer's Association or the MS Society or, um, you know, other people who have who maybe have things in common with us, other neurological problems, um, Epilepsy Society, for example. You know, we have more in common uh, than we have different with other neurological conditions. So it makes sense to to collaborate to, you know, there's strength in numbers. That's amazing. So. For you personally, you're obviously very passionate about helping people with brain injury, and it's evident in your life and in your chosen career path and in the way that you talk about it. So can you share some of your story? How did you get involved with the Brain Injury Association of America? Really, the truth is, is that I answered an ad in the newspaper 26 years ago. I really didn't know anything, or I didn't know that I knew anything about brain injury. But when I was in college, I had studied uh, uh, social movements. So social movements are like the women's movement or the civil rights movement. And I happened to study the disability movement. And so I knew a lot about the leaders who had come early on. And it was mostly people with physical disabilities. And I really appreciated uh, their struggle and their their efforts. And when I got to meet some of the early pioneers in brain injury, I really I, I, I really felt like it was a cause worth fighting for. I'm you know I, the one thing I, I really truly believe is that all people should be treated fairly. And so when I see Black Lives Matter or um, you know, some of the voting rights stuff that have come up, some of the things that have happened in the last several years, it really bothers me because I think all people should be treated equally, um, no matter how old you are, or what color you are, or what race you are, or what your sexual orientation is. I think, you know, people are people. And um, also probably because I'm the third child. So I've always been a fighter, you know? I mean, I always had to sort of fight my way uh, for, uh, it, within my family. I think that's common of third, third, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's great. So you answered the ad in the newspaper and then 
what what happened from there? You oh, so I answered the ad and I got the job in March 1995. I became director of state affairs, and my job was to work with the state organizations to try to help them improve their fundraising and their advocacy and their education and programs and all of that sort of stuff. And I did that for five years, and then I got hired by the National Association of State Head Injury Administrators. These are the state government employees who are responsible for brain injury policy programs and services that paid for by the state government. And so I worked for NASA for five years, and then I got recruited to come back to the Brain Injury Association as the president and CEO. So that was in 2005, and I've stayed in the job ever since. So, Wow. That's amazing. So what do you love most about being part of the Brain Injury Association of America? Um, people. That's really, <laughs> that's a really, that's such an easy uh, question. I love people like you, Christabel, who are super talented, who have really fought back from a series of brain injuries that, you know, could have kept you down, but didn't. Uh, you know, my, the, my first job at the Brain Injury Association, I sat across from a survivor named Robert DeMicholis. He was one of the, he taught me so much about advocacy uh, at the, you know, in, in uh, Congress and among federal agencies. There have, I just have learned, I've learned so much from people with brain injury in terms of um, dignity and self-worth and self-determination and respect and perseverance and persistence and I just really have, I just, and family members have taught me a lot too, uh, in terms of, you know, sort of taking one day at a time and, uh, remembering that it's brain injury and not brain surgery and that there's nothing that I'm going to do in this moment that is going to change somebody's life. But the accumulation of work over a lifetime maybe could improve the quality of life for somebody. And plus, you know, plus we have great affiliate leaders. They're so dedicated. They're so committed. And we have board members who uh, share their wealth, wisdom, and work and have for years. So it's really, it's, it, that's an easy one. It's the people in brain injury. That's certainly the reason um, that I've stayed for all these years. Because <laughs> it's a hard job. You know, being, being the head of the Brain Injury Association is a hard job. It's, it's, there's a lot of work. Involved. Yeah, I can only imagine. I'm sure there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of things that you are in charge of. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is, there is, but it's, it's good. I mean, it's, um, it's important, you know, yeah. it's important. Uh, people with brain injury deserve to be treated like everybody else. So, so what have you seen over the last couple decades of working in the field, working with the BIAA, what have you seen in terms of brain injury awareness or education? What kind of strides or improvements have been made? Well, I'm just going to brag for a minute about our current brain injury awareness uh, campaign. March is brain injury awareness month. Uh, we've been celebrating this since the 90s. This year's campaign, we do the Brain Injury Association of America leads the nation in observing March as Brain Injury Awareness Month. We have a new campaign that we put out every three years. This year's new campaign is called More Than My Brain Injury. And uh, uh, the point of the campaign is really, it draws attention to the 
many types of brain injury there are to the diversity in our community, um, the differences in age and gender and ethnicity, the many ways you can get injured, you know, whether it's a, you know, through trauma or um, an anoxic or a hypoxic injury through, you know, drowning or an overdose falls. We're reminding people that uh, concussion is a brain injury. But what we're really saying is that you're not defined by your brain injury, that no one should be defined by their disability. Everybody should be defined by their ability. And so you might be an artist or an athlete or an advocate or a, you know, a volunteer or a veteran or a vocalist. Um, and, and you should be the person that defines yourself. You shouldn't, nobody else should be defining you. And so that's one of the core messages of the campaign, more than my brain injury. And then the other thing is, is that you're not alone. You know, there are 2.8 million people who sustain brain injuries every year. There are at least 5.3 million people who live with the consequences of a traumatic brain injury. And, you know, plus there's another almost 5 million people who live with the consequences of stroke. So we're not a tiny population, and there are more of us than, than you might know. Um, and it's, a, it's an invisible injury, and so you can't define anyone by their injury. You, and, and people should be defining themselves for themselves the way they want to be seen. I love it. I love the message of this campaign. This is something that I have... I actually wrote a song called More to Me about that I'm more than my brain injury six years ago. No, five years ago. I wrote and released this song called More to Me. And I actually wrote a book, a devotional book about it. And I just like, I love that aspect of encouraging people that there's more to you because being a survivor myself, I know what it's like to feel defined by the limitations or like you said, like the disability. I love how you phrase that to not be defined by your disability, but to be defined by your abilities, because I know what it's like to feel like every day is so hard. And like, that is my only reality is the brain fatigue and the headaches and feeling misunderstood. And like, it feels like the brain injury runs your life. And so I love this message that the BIAA is promoting that there is more to you than your brain injury. So there, much more. There's so much more to you. And, and other people, Christabel, um, people all over the country really love this. We've had so much engagement already. And it's, you know, only the, uh, we're not even halfway through the month yet. So I would say go to our website, BIAUSA.org. That's BIAUSA.org. And engage in the campaign. Tell tell your story. We've had people create videos. We've had people create artwork. We've had people create poems. Your song, you created it before the campaign, but we love your song. So, <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, you know, there's lots of ways, lots and lots of ways for people to engage in this. And, and I hope they do. Because they're brain injury. Yeah, I love it. And everyone, you know, if you have a social media account, this is a chance for you to get on the Brain Injury Association of America's website and check out their materials. You can repost them. I think they have frame. You have frames 
that you can put your picture in and share that you're more than your brain injury. And so I absolutely love the campaign. The artwork's all downloadable. There's posters. There's posters for virtually every kind of injury, cause of injury. Uh, there's people of all ages and all ethnicities. And it's a very comprehensive and inclusive campaign. And, um, and there's more than one way to participate. Yeah. Amazing. And I encourage everyone to do so. I encourage everyone to do so. I would love to to just uh, circle back a little bit to the awareness piece and just get your opinion on how brain injury awareness has changed over time and improvements that may have been seen. Well, so it's definitely changed over time. Uh, in 19, I don't know, 1996, like the mid 90s, we did a Harris poll and asked, um, have you ever heard the term head injury or have you ever heard the term brain injury? And it was something like one in three people had. So really not very many. The, between the war in Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, the National Football League, people are, you know, people are aware of traumatic brain injury, uh, increasingly aware of traumatic brain injury. There is still a... Um, uh, well, there is a stigma associated because people don't understand that you're not crazy and you're not stupid. <laughs> you know, that this is actually an injury to your brain. It's much more complex than an injury to your, you know, a broken bone or, a, you know, even a heart attack. It's more complex than a heart attack because your brain is more complex than your heart. But it's still a challenge because it's invisible, you know, if people don't see that you're injured, so they don't have any idea of head pain, for example, you know, chronic headaches, or they don't have any idea of what kind of energy is required to, you know, a string, a complete thought, a complete sentence together to find all of the words uh, and to put them in the right order so that they make sense. Uh, or how difficult it is to engage in, in an ongoing conversation. I mean, I'm sure this is just eating up your brain cells because you and I have been talking now for half an hour and it requires so much attention and concentration and, and energy that if after this you needed to take a nap, I wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah. you know, yeah, people always ask me, how do you do all these things? And I say, I have to plan for it. I rest before, I rest after, like right. everything that my entire life, I basically have to plan around <laughs> my brain injury. And over time, it's gotten better. I, my threshold of activity has increased. Right. If I've had re-injuries, it kind of decreases and goes back to just a couple hours a day, maybe. Right. Um, but it also depends on the day. It depends on if I woke up with a headache. It, everything is dependent. Some days I can't even have this light on because the light uh, sensitivity is so bad. I can't even turn on my light. Right. And Christabel, you're really lucky because you have great family support. And not everybody does. And that makes a huge difference yeah. in what you do. Yeah, if it wasn't for my parents, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I definitely would not be doing how well that I'm doing. And you've met my mom. <laughs> right, right. We love your mom, too. Yeah. And November is Caregivers Month, right? So everybody who's celebrating Brain Injury Awareness Month now um, should maybe remember to celebrate Caregivers Awareness Month 
in November. I don't think I knew that. Or if I did, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's, um, and that would make sense, right? Thanksgiving, we're going to give thanks for the people, yeah. you know, who, who care for us, who, who take care of us, who feed us. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. It's caregivers, uh, awareness month in March. And also just for your listeners, um, Increasingly, September uh, is becoming Falls Prevention Month, and it's associated with concussions. And so it's sort of becoming Concussion Awareness Month as well. So, and then May, of course, is Stroke Month. So we have a lot of, you know, we have all all year long. All year (laughs) long. There you go. First of all, all year long, we should be practicing awareness activities. We should be reminding the public that anytime, anywhere, anyone, can get injured, you know, brain injury does not discriminate. Um, we should be reminding our community that we're not alone. No one is alone. There are other caregivers, there are other survivors, there are other clinicians who are all out there willing to give each other a helping hand. So that's not beautifully alone. said. Yes, we are not alone. And for anyone listening, if you've never been connected with a brain injury community, I highly recommend getting involved in a local support group. The Brain Injury Association of America can help direct you there. Your statewide organization will have a list of support groups on their website. And I also, you guys know I have an online support group. And so you can also get involved today, right now, online in connecting. But um, before we go, Susan, do you have any last words of encouragement for any brain injury survivors or family members listening today? I, you know, the thing that I would say is never give up just because, and the other thing I would say is that I think plateau is a dirty word. Uh, (laughs) You know, that that, um, I've seen people, I've known people who over the course of 25 years got better. Little, little by little, by little, by little, they got better. Now, some people have gotten worse, you know, some people have had um, some health challenges, some, you know, some effects of aging that happened to all of us on top, layered on top of the brain injury. But I've also seen people who have gotten better, who have gotten more of their vocabulary back, their processing speed has improved, their gait, you know, their balance, their gait, that's improved. They've just gotten better little by little by little. And so never give up, you know, it's, it's, um, it's yeah. not easy. It's not, it's not easy. Um, but if you keep working at it, it will get better. I love that. And there's no one specific timeline on healing from brain injury. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, every brain injury is different. Um, Greg Ayotte says, when you've seen one brain injury, you've seen one brain injury. So, you know, no two people are alike. No two brains are alike. Everybody's going to heal at their own pace. And some people are going to experience more um, complications, complex problems than others. Uh, A so-called mild injury may not have so-called mild consequences, Uh, but there are people out there who, who, you know, who, who want to help. And I, I think that, you know, I think the one thing that we probably need more of is more advocacy. We need more people demanding their members of Congress or their state legislators do something about insurance coverage because, you know, there's not enough, not enough coverage. There's not enough access to care. That's the one thing that sadly hasn't, well, that's actually rather than improved, it's 
it's gotten worse over the last 25 years. Um, there used to be a lot more coverage than there is today. Well, so if someone wanted to get involved in advocacy, do you have any resources for that? Available? Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they should come to our website. We have a section, it's called Public Affairs. You can find it right at the top of our website, Public Affairs, and it'll provide a drop-down menu on um, awareness campaigns and public policy issues. You can read The Challenge, which is our quarterly news magazine. You can read it online. There's also a section, I'll make a little pitch, we are operating a campaign right now. It's called Do More. So the awareness campaign is called More Than My Brain Injury. And we have a fundraising campaign called Do More. And uh, we are asking people, especially survivors, to create a fundraising page and do a peer-to-peer fundraising campaign to try to raise 100 bucks or 50 bucks or $200 or whatever it is. But just knowing that they can do more you know, they can they can be part of the advocacy, the research, the treatment, the education, the public awareness. They can participate uh, by asking their friends, their family to support an organization that supports them. I love it. You can do more than you think you can. <laughs> you, you really can. You know, you absolutely can do more than you think. Yeah. And I've seen that in, I'm, I'm a member of the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So in traveling to DC, we've actually gotten uh, members of Congress to join the Congressional Brain Injury Task Force by going and meeting with them and asking them to join the task force. And so if you look up your local member of Congress and check the list of the Congressional Brain Injury Task Force, if they're not on there, you can meet with them as their constituent. You have right. a right to a meeting with them and you can say, please join this. <laughs> right. Please join the task force. And the task force is the one that is really responsible for getting us um, appropriations, more money for the TBI Act, more money for NIH, more money for CDC. So, you know, really um, for conducting research around brain injury and also understanding the incidence and prevalence of brain injury. And if you go to our website, B-I-A-U-S-A dot org and click on the public affairs and then within public affairs, click on public policy and then within public policy, click on priorities. You will find uh, fact sheets on the Congressional Brain Injury Task Force right there. So public affairs, public policy, priorities. It's all in the P's. And those sheets are something that you can actually take to your member of Congress and hand to them because that's what we have done. And it's helpful for them to see it in front of them. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what they're designed to do. They're, that You just print them. You can print them right off or you can download them and send them electronically to your member of Congress. You can yeah. also, to be an effective advocate, you can join their their uh, email list. You can get on their email list. So you can comment back when they're putting out their press releases. You can write comments back about, oh, it's great that you're, you know, on the whatever uh, beautification committee. I'd like <laughs> you to be on the health committee. Um, you know, we I need I need more attention to to brain injury here. Uh, it's you know it's just it's one of those soft advocacy uh, approaches. Just constantly be telling your member about brain injury. Mm -hmm. You can make a difference. You really can. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. Um, Does anyone 
Right. The senator from Pennsylvania, uh, Bobby Casey, is hugely important to our community. He's sponsored several important bills for us. So, you know, Pennsylvania is doing its part. And the advocates in Pennsylvania, we are great, hugely grateful to you all. So I love the you. Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. I love volunteering with them. I, I'm not like on the board or on the staff, but I volunteer. I love being a part of it. I'm grateful to our statewide organization here for sure. So yeah, anyone listening, look up if there's a statewide organization. If there is, I always encourage people, start there. Get involved with your state. I'm sure they'll have ways to help you to get involved in advocacy and also connect you to other local resources and survivors to know that you're not alone. That's right. That's exactly right. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy March Brain Injury Awareness Month schedule to have this conversation for the podcast. And thank you for sharing about the More Than My Brain Injury campaign. So everyone listening, go check it out. Basically, everything is on the BIA USA website. So just go on there and you'll find it all. And I'll put that link in the description of the uh, podcast so you can just go and click on it. That's great. Thanks, Christabel. And keep, keep, keep being you. Keep doing what you're doing. It's great. It really is. So oh, Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Hope Survives Brain Injury Podcast. I hope this episode was able to encourage you in some way. To get in touch with me, you can connect on social media. The page Hope After Head Injury on Facebook does have a message option if you'd like to message me. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Christabel Braden is my page. And at Hope After Head Injury is the Hope After Head Injury page. My website, ChristabelBraden.com or hopeafterheadinjury.com, as well as join our support group on Facebook. All the links will be in the show's description, and we hope to see you next time on Hope Survives.